Scotty and Goss on this Wednesday morning. And, of course, uh, Scotty, uh, we're looking forward to the final series. And, of course, we don't have any teams from WA, so we can just sit back. (laughs) Feet up. And take shots at everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a man who uh, is heavily involved still in everything that is football and a man that we love having on our show, guys. Yep. We've got him up early. He's up in Sydney at the moment, but his name is Eddie Maguire. And, Ed, good morning to you, pal. Hey, I've got one for you. I've got a team playing. Yes, yeah, you, you do. You can get on my bandwagon. I jumped on 20 years ago, but geez, uh, <laughs> I've been flying the flag since I've been back here, Ed, and it hasn't, hasn't been popular, but I'm stone fat. Yeah. I was over in uh, Western Australia on the weekend. Geez, there's plenty of Aggies over there, certainly. Well, there yeah. are in the Pilbara, that's for sure. So uh, it was great to catch up with so many people and talk to them. Before I ran into Jared Neesham up there, I was at uh, Twiggy Forest, too, and... Uh, uh, it was great to run into uh, to Jared and have a chat. And Dizzy's still doing great things in Clontarf, and and uh, lots of people there talking about the footy and what was going on with the Eagles. And yeah, it was uh, it was it was it was great fun. Hang on, hang on, yeah. hang on, hang on, yeah, hang on. Hang on you Ed, come Ed. to Perth, and no, I'm I'm checking my messages. Oh, yeah, hang on, what Twiggy Forrest got coming? Which one's he going to decide? But then Susie said, <laughs> I was in WA, and then he went Twiggy. I went, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, fair call. Yeah, well, I didn't I didn't come through Perth, mate. I, I went direct. By private jet. Straight into the mine. It's getting worse. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> hey, Ed, hey, Ed, what do you make as, of the... As, 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 as Lou Richards would say, I'd do anything for the workers except be one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the boy from Brody, eh? Hey, Silver Spoon. Well, my, dad, my, dad was, my dad was a coal miner, so I think I had some lineage towards it, but that's about as close as I got, I reckon. Hey, Ed, what do you make of the last few days for the West Coast Eagles? Um, you were very strong uh, on footy classified in regards to what you thought the fate of Adam Simpson was. Um, are you shocked, surprised, and, and what was the change in, in, in mindset for West Coast, do you think? No, well, it was, it was I found the whole, uh, well, what is it, nearly two and a half months that I started, started reporting uh, my insight on this. And I think for people, particularly in Perth and, and some of the, even the, the uh, the keyboard warriors, etc., is that I don't really have a dog in the fight anymore in these things. And so what I try to do is actually give an insight from my understanding of had been in these meetings myself where I've, I've had to sit down with a board sometimes that's uh, divided. Uh, and that just means people have different ideas. It's not, it doesn't mean you at each other's throats. Uh, to work through a, a really difficult and delicate situation. So two and a half months ago, my original report, uh, you might remember, was that the West Coast Eagles... We're going to completely change up their medical and their uh, fitness situation, which uh, has happened or is about to happen. They've scoured the world and they're very confident they've got the right people to come in. Uh, The second part was that they would set themselves up to have millions, quote, millions of dollars available in their salary cap over the next 18 months. We've seen that happen with the retirement and particularly of Nick Natanui. I think that was the the game changer in all of this uh, was Nick Natanui's retirement, which frees up the salary cap considerably for the West Coast Eagles, and also a place on the list. So I think that was the, one of the most significant things to happen. Might have been underestimated as far as the uh, the whole momentum behind the scenes, but I think that was actually a critical point. And then, then there was the, uh, the situation with Adam, where, as I reported at the time, the board wanted to keep Adam Simpson. They believed he was the guy. They thought he had uh, some horsepower to take them through the rebuild. But there was no one who understood the club or the players better than Adam Simpson. Now, the, the kicker on that, of course, which everybody got hold of at the time, was that I also said that they were very keen for Adam Simpson 
to take a good break to get out of Western Australia or well, just get out of out of West Coast Eagles, to be perfectly honest, have a really good break, refresh himself up. And I think part of that was also to let the expert in, uh, in, in the physical fitness come in and actually get the players really fit sort them out and then have Adam Simpson come in. Not not in, you know, March next year. We're talking about, you know, be back before Christmas, but go and have a really good break because they could see the toll it was taking on him. Now, fast forward, um, the game against Essendon, um, I think things there was a tilt at that stage when there was the allegations of did they get a player back to win that game or did they do what was seen to be the prescient thing to be able to pick up uh, the number one draft pick. Now in the space of that week, uh, we saw the West Coast Eagles completely drop off. Uh, you know, we saw people say, oh, the players didn't seem to be interested. Uh, there was a drop-off intensity from the senior players in the game against the Fremantle Dockers. And that can happen when there's a bit of a feel that, hang on, we're, we're only going through the motions here, et cetera, et cetera. So we've seen all that before, and it manifested itself for the West Coast Eagles. They come out the next week and, and have a, a, a fantastic win, and then finish off, uh, you know, with a, with a game where people got to the end of it. Now, in that period, we saw the West Australian change completely from let's get rid of this bloke to uh, we love Adam, and then we saw a groundswell of support. I think the big thing that happened, guys, and I'm just taking you through line by line, was there were meetings in Melbourne before that last uh, before that game against the Western Bulldogs, um, and I know where the meetings were. I know who was in it, and uh, I have multiple sources who had been. Uh, giving me information on this. So I have no problem that all this is 100% right. And the meeting was about how to, how, what the termination payments would be for Adam Simpson. And I think uh, the West Coast Eagles board has acted really honourably every step of the way on all this. And ultimately, they worked out what the payment would be, considerable, be in the millions of dollars, plus the fine that would probably come at the other end for the soft cap. And then they started to have a good look around, uh, remembering that the, you know, the week before the Fremantle, everything was going okay. The week after, everyone panics. And when you get flogged by the opposition, you know, I know what I've been like when we, we copped some whackings from Carlton when I was president of Collingwood. Uh, you know, it's a tough, tough situation, and you really have to go inside yourself. And Paul Fitzpatrick, I think, has handled himself really well. He didn't speak to anyone. I, I rang him up, uh, and I know Paul. Um, and he said, no, look, I'm not going to talk about anything to do with the West Coast Eagles until the end of the season. So that was good. He held his line. And anyway, in that period, I think they worked out that, well, we liked Adam Simpson for a lot of these reasons. And uh, who do we go and get? Does that destabilise the rebuilding process? And at the same time, we're going to, you know, it doesn't matter how rich you are, $4 million is $4 million, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, in the end, uh, there was some soul searching. Um, there was a bit of uh, people revolt, if you like, or at least people support for Adam Simpson which makes it a lot easier if, if the supporters and the board and even the media are on the same page these days. And then we got to the result the other day. And to, perfectly honest, I'm, I'm really happy for the West Coast Eagles. I think they've made the right decision from an outsider. And watching the manifestation of the whole thing, I can understand everything that happened every single step of the way and people doing all the right things and ultimately, they've, they've ended up with Adam. And uh, I hope he goes and has that long break now. He needs to. Mm. And then come back fresh and, and rebuild with a with a mandate to rebuild with kids this year and then get some uh, players through the, uh, through the uh, free agency next year. Ed, uh, Goss and I had a fairly strong debate on air yesterday. It almost became physical. Um, 
you know, it was it was close. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> it was close. Oh, there would have been arms flying everywhere. But Goss was Goss is adamant. Words the, always <laughs> beat physical. No, no, no. When I'm out of words, and I tell you right now. Uh, but says if like it didn't live in Broadmeadows, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not getting anywhere with a good argument in Broadmeadows. Uh, yeah, um, Goss is adamant that, that there wasn't a backflip of the board, or there there wasn't any division. I'm fairly adamant that there was that there, that at stages that there were people on the board that were against sticking with Simo, and we we for the record, think that they have made the right decision. But, you know, emergency meeting is probably the strong one. But a meeting at the at the president's house or the chairman's house on a Monday morning after a uh, after a weekend generally doesn't suggest that everything's everyone's all on the same page and we're all going well. I mean, did you ever have the board over well, for well, discussions no, no, in the morning well, at your place? Uh, yeah, did, absolutely. Um, and, and they were generally in this situation um, where suddenly something seismic changes people's thoughts. Don't forget board members aren't immune to having people pulling their coat every single moment of the day, including sons and daughters and wives and everything mm. else. And, and there is no doubt in the world, and Adam knows this himself, because my information was that Adam said, look, you know, get to the decision, make the decision, let me get off my life. And, and there was no doubt whatsoever that those last seven goals of the 17 in a row against Fremantle, things changed. And uh, and I just know that to be fact. So uh, I'm not even... You can argue amongst yourselves as much as you like, and that's fine. But uh, that's what happened. And that's what happens. I mean, what, you, you, you reckon that a board sitting there watching a team that was alleged to have tanked the week before mm-hmm. uh, lost the uh, you know, a game in that situation and then they come out and get absolutely slaughtered by 17 goals, 17 goals in a row uh, with, with a, a total disinterest against the arch enemy doesn't change anyone's mind? Of course it does. I mean, it's just, it changed everyone else's mind in the stands that day. And then, uh, but then what they did is they, re, they were regrouped. They didn't make a knee-jerk reaction. The best thing they did was to say, no decisions, and, and that's to you too, Adam, we're going to make the decision after the last game. So they gave themselves another two weeks to sort of sort themselves out. They had a really good result, and then the last game was the last game. And they made, for me, that, that's the way I'm reading it from here. The rest of the stuff, it wasn't reading, it wasn't guessing, it was reporting. Mm. And, and those things happen. So ultimately, no matter how you get there, I mean, you, you guys know what it's like uh, when you have a production meeting before the show. You start with an idea. What? You get a guest on who takes you in a different what? direction. Or, <laughs> well, you start with no idea, and then you, you sort of make it up as you go. But, yeah, you, uh, you, lo- you lost me a production meeting. <laughs> but uh, I, think, I think if you go back to what the decision was two and a half months ago, that was the plan. Now, many are slipped between cup and lip, as, we, as they say in the, in the classics. And Suddenly, when you do get your head kicked in by, you know, and lose, concede 17 goals in a row at your home ground against Fremantle, it's going to make people ask the question. I've been in these meetings. I mean, I know exactly how it is. Uh, you know, and, and the people who make the decision, maybe he looks tired. Don't forget everyone was saying, I, he, he looks tired to me. He looked tired. He looked jaded. Uh, you know, had he lost the senior players, he was going to get rid of other players. Um, you know, are the young kids coming through quick enough? Are the kids out in the, in the rantan? What's going on? All these stories were going around. And then you say, well, look, maybe it's just a, you know, it's a bridge too far. He's been a sensational coach. We'll move on. But I think you've got people there like uh, Justin Langer who understand what it's like to be a coach under pressure uh, and that you stick with people. But the, the hardest thing in football is to find a coach you can coach. And West Coast have got one of those. He's a ripping mm. coach, much to my chagrin in 2018. Mm. And uh, he's a ripping coach. 
they've been devastated. I think they were hit harder than anybody with uh, the, the COVID situation. Then they got hit by injuries. Then their list, it doesn't take much for your list to tip over sometimes. The, you know, the senior players just got injury after injury. And, you know, you look at the, the standard of the players, you know, Shuey and Gaff and uh, Natanui and these guys, you put them into a side fit at 30 years of age, you, you suddenly got a, a premiership side. They fell off the cliff. And that's what happened. And so that's not necessarily Adam's uh, uh, full control. But, uh, you know, they, they seem to think that he has got the young guys going. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I, that's my information from everybody who tells me things from West Coast Eagles. And that's why they said, no, we'll keep him and go and have a good holiday. And I, I used to say that to Mick Moldhouse. I used to say, mate, you, you, you need a holiday. Go away. And Mick couldn't take his hands off the controls. He would be there from the word go. And I think that probably shortened his, his time if you can shorten the time for a bloke who coached more games than anyone in the history of the game. And holidays but, cost uh, money, I mean? too. Holidays cost money. You know, if... <laughs> oh, what was I was even up for paying for it. There you go. That's how committed he was. Hey, uh, Jed, <laughs> but, uh, just, uh, so dinner, having a good break will be good. Uh, just, just, just on that, and I want to move on to, we want to move on to Collingwood in the finals and also Laura Kane's yeah. appointment, which I know is quite significant. I want to quote you, and I'm looking at footy on nine. It says, I still yeah. think the decision has been made and the decision has been made to pay him out. And that wasn't that long ago that you're, you were running with that. And I think everyone yeah. backed you in because you are clearly, well, as you say, you've linked to it all, you know it as fact. What changed then? If you're saying it actually they'd made a decision, what changed? I think that the change was they had a two-week think time and that they realised Plan A actually made sense. That was to keep Adam Simpson because I think they probably looked around to see what was what was available or what they could get, and then they sort of uh, worked out that they had to pay you know a fair bit of money out. So it wasn't just, and it wasn't a financial thing. I think eventually just calming themselves down and going through it in the cold light of day, not after you've just conceded 17 goals and you want to you know you want to slaughter everybody when you when you're on the board and the supporters are booing you and you're turning up at work and every all the pressure comes on. I think then they just they calmed themselves down and went through it methodically and they came up with a decision. But each one of each of those situations, that's what was happening at that moment. So there was a shift and then there was a shift back. And that all happened in the space of uh, two weeks. Agreed. Uh, Ed, finals coming up. We obviously have this week off, which, look, as far as momentum goes, it's upsetting to not have any footy this weekend. But I love it because it gives blokes a chance to freshen up and we have the we just play better footy in the in the finals. What's your thoughts yeah. on who the standouts at the moment, mate? Um, can the Mighty Pies get it done? Can they, you know, we've got to put into context the win against Essendon. They're on their knees at the moment. Um, yeah, have they that improved was, that enough? Was a good life. It was a good life kill. It got everybody uh, up on their toes. Uh, Dermot Brereton speaks about that. Sometimes you just need to have a, you know, get everybody, even if you're running around against the witches' hats, you've got to be able to get it going, kick the goals. You know, the accuracy was excellent for Collingwood, so that meant they were coming down the, you know, the part of the ground that they wanted to be in. They had uh, plenty of set-shot goals. So, as you know, uh, Scotty, they're, they're so important set-shot goals because it gives everyone time to just get their breath, line up, kick a relatively easy goal, get back to the centre, rinse and repeat. And we're able to do that. I thought Cox in the ruck was uh, significant for Collingwood. I really Good. believe he has to be the first ruck for, for Collingwood to, to, to do what it needs to do. Um, and, uh, you know, it was great. I mean, I think the last two weeks of Scott Pendlebury have been absolutely sensational. He's he's lifted uh, around Nick Dacos not being there. I was sitting in the box with uh, Darcy Moore. He's right to go. Um, yeah, young Dakes is doing everything he possibly can, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's a crack bone that can only 
heal. That's all that can happen. You can't wish it well and you can't take an injection. So they're not going to risk him at any stage until that bone is actually, you know, in a scan looking like it's knitted. So, um, uh, but then you know, they get McCreary back and uh, uh, who else? Someone else that comes back in as well. So that's uh, uh, Murphy in the Murphy, back line. Yeah. So that's, they're, 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 they're two significant defensive players, a forward defensive player and a, and a back line defensive player. So the Pies are in good shape. I think the, the top forward, naturally, they, 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 they clearly won. Um, I don't think so much, worry too much about Carlton's second half form on the weekend. I think they, uh, you know, you know, it's like in those last games when you've made the finals, yep. the fence is there to keep you out of the car park. They, they go to that quite <laughs> place. No one wants it. No, no Self-preservation. So that's it. So they got, they got Kerno, he's uh, Coleman medal, and that was mission accomplished. Um, and then, then you know, the other sides are, you know, are dangerous. I mean, you know, Sydney can be dangerous against Carlton. This is what happens. But top uh, top four teams, you know, they're there for a reason. So I think it'll be out of out of those four teams. I think the Collingwood Melbourne game clearly, you know, it's, it ends up being a, a, an even Stevens rubber because it's the home ground for Collingwood and Melbourne, and that's no complaint. That's where you want to be playing your big games at the MCG. Um, so the Pies have got there. Um, this game is so important because it does give you the you know, the, the easy run through. And more to the point, it's actually a difficult run through. You'll, you'll be playing a, a preliminary final in, in either Adelaide, uh, sorry, in the Brisbane or Adelaide. So, you know, that's yikes. You know, you don't want to be doing that so much. So, yeah, big game coming up. Sold out in half an hour. How big is that? Yeah, 100,000 people. It's so good, yep. mate. It's so good. Well, the footage on the weekend of Darcy Moore talking to you in the in the box answered the one question that I've always wanted to know is who is actually allowed to talk to you during a game of footy that the Pies are playing? And it clearly is only the Collingwood captain because uh, you had all the time in the world for him, Ed, which was surprising. Um, I've never seen you yeah, engaged look, like during a game. I wasn't listening to him. I <laughs> <laughs> hey, just a quick one before we let no, you go. No, no, he's, he's, talking, he's talking about his hamstring. Don't worry. I was very engaged. Yeah, listening. <laughs> Laura, Laura Kane's appointment, the official appointment of Laura yeah. Kane. Good for footy? Yeah, I think uh, Laura's made the right uh, uh, noises. Uh, actually, watch tonight on Footy Classified. Um, I'm going to show you the uh, what the score review will look like going forward and the chip in the footy. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll give you that exclusive this morning. We've been mm. we've been doing the testing on it, and it'll go to the next stage. It'll actually go into game uh, with the graphics package that uh, is associated with it, and just show you what it can look like now. It's got to work, okay? <laughs> when it gets to the technology, there is a, again a gulf between a, the idea and the execution. Mm. But uh, we'll give you a bit of an insight into what it looks like, and it'll blow people's minds. It's actually everything that everyone's always wanted. So Laura's been very strong over the last uh, period of time with Andrew Dillon in, you know, putting the funding in for this to to, to come together. Um, so she's making the right decisions, making the right calls. I think it's a, you know. Everyone tells me that uh, Laura's uh, a really good operator. I haven't had a whole lot to do with her. Um, she wasn't given the opportunity to come out and, and rule it, even in the position. She was seen to be a, a stopgap position until this time. That's why last week on Footy Class, what I said, they must make a decision. Mm. They have to hire somebody this week. And they did, which was great. And uh, I think they, you know, the, the train was in motion. But, uh, you know, we, we put the, the pressure on a little bit there and, and they came up with what's the right decision. We all feel better for it. You have to have a head of football at this stage. The other two people coming through, Josh Marnie's coming through. Seems like the AFL, you have to get sacked at Essendon before you get a, get a gig. <laughs> <laughs> so Josh has he got the flick and uh, Dan Richardson was the immediate pass when he got the flick and he'll get the other position by lots of things. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, 
but having people in the position makes a huge difference. And, and we're starting to see now the, the team that's going to work under Andrew Dillon. So we can get get some people in, in those positions to make decisions. That's what we need. Ed, for a man who needs 30 hours in every day, you've always got time for mm-hmm. us, mate, and we greatly appreciate that. Thank you for taking our call today, and thanks for uh, your thoughts as per usual. And may it be uh, just a beautiful black and white September, mate. Wouldn't that be just wonderful? And I'm, I'm sure all of Western Australia are going to get behind. <laughs> I think it's what the world that, needs. In the, <laughs> in the race of the finals. And, you know, and again, just to finish up, guys, I know we've been going well, a long time, but I just thought it was really interesting to see the media uh, play over the, uh, the the two and a half months, you know, because uh, been present, you're sort of out of it. But coming back into it again, it was really interesting to see there was more worries about uh, from football reporters trying to discredit reports as opposed to just following them and maybe getting the next stage of it. Uh, it was quite fascinating to see, starting with the Eagles' uh, uh, Twitter people in the first instance uh, uh, saying that all this stuff wasn't happening when clearly it was and everything that was said actually then actually happened over those periods of time. So uh, it was it was quite interesting to see people trying to guard their patch as opposed to report the story. Mm. But then again, if you haven't got the mail, you haven't got the mail, have you? It's a funny world. Thank you, Ed. Thanks for the chat. We'll do it again soon. Good, good, good luck. Yep. Good. Uh, Eddie Maguire, the best in the business, joining us. And don't forget to see him on Footy Classified on 9 tonight.